Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Life transitions, life changes, and uh, we're in a new season here, of course, and uh, opening up things in life, and we're excited, even in the midst of trial and tribulation and hardships. Really appreciated, John, what you had to say there, that Jesus has purchased our life. We are safe. We're free. We're, we're, we're His, no matter what comes. And what, what a hope the gospel gives. Jesus Christ is our Lord, and we are safe. Uh, there was a guy, uh, he was in a posh theater, like a really nice theater, and he was laying across three seats. The usher walked by, and he noticed it, and he, he came up to the guy, and he, he whispered to him, he said, Sir, you can only have one seat. Ugh. The usher said, No, sir, I, I'm, I'm serious. You can only have one seat. If you don't sit up, get in your one seat, I'm going to go get the manager. Mm-hmm. The guy just didn't respond, and that really infuriated the usher. So he went and got the manager. The manager and the usher are standing over the guy. Sir, come on, you've got to cooperate here. We're trying to be nice. We're going to call the police if you guys don't get, get, if you don't get it together, sir. Come on, sit up. The guy, Ugh. okay, call the police. Police officers come. He quickly surveys the situation. He looks at the man. He says, uh, hey, buddy, what's your name? Sam. Hmm, where are you from, Sam? From the balcony. <laughs> If they would have just listened to the man's situation, they could have got to the heart of the matter. Isn't that how it happens so much in life with marriage and with kids? If only our kids would listen. If only people would listen to us and hear us. Sometimes so many things could be avoided, so many problems, so many issues. If we just hear one another, we just listen. If we listen to God... Hear God. Jesus' uh, teaching uh, that we are going to encounter today is a call to hear, a call to listen. Are you listening? Or are you missing His Word? Please open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 1. How's your listening? How's your listening to God today? Again, chapter 4, verse 1, Mark. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him. So he got into a boat and sat on it on the sea, and, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching many things in parables. His teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, it was scorched. Since it had no root, it withered away. 
Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Another seed fell into the good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing, yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is out by the lake again, and uh, have you ever been on a lake that's uh, just no waves, no wind? Sometimes you're on one side of the lake and you can hear people talk way on the other side of the lake. Well, a very large crowd gathered around Jesus, and uh, again, as we remember before, they're pressing in on him. We can imagine them trying to touch him to, to be healed and crushing him. So what does he do? He gets into a floating pulpit again. He gets on the lake, and some of those bays, some of those amphitheaters, you can speak in a normal voice, and thousands of people can hear clearly. Jesus is speaking, and he's teaching, and he's teaching them many things. He's taught in parables. What's a parable? A parable is when you set one thing next to another, when you use an illustration from life, a picture of life, to communicate some truth in a different realm. Setting one thing next to another. So he's talking here about farming. He's talking in the parable about planting seeds, sowing seeds, and hopefully seeing a crop. What is he talking about, really? Well, the, uh, the farming practices in, in Palestine and in Israel during this time, they're, they're much different than what we see today. Of course, we see the nice GPS rows of seed planted, right, and crops growing up. Everything is nice and neat and tidy. Everything is just precise. And back then, that's not how they, they, they planted seed. A guy would walk along, he'd put it in his hand in his bag, and he'd toss the seed. He'd toss the seed here and there. It seems, almost it seems like he's tossing seed everywhere and he's going to plow later. Now, historically, they've researched it and, and sometimes they plow beforehand, sometimes they plow after, sometimes they do both. But the way that Jesus is describing the situation here, the scene, is that the sower is sowing a seed and it's going everywhere and probably plowing is going to take place later. Is he a sloppy farmer? Is he an inefficient farmer? No, that's, not just, that's how they did it back then. Did, did he not know where the, where the path was? Yeah, he knew it, but as you're tossing, some of the seed, not much, goes on the path, the hardened place that people walk through the field. He, uh, did, did he intentionally throw it on rock? Of course not. And in Israel, the soil is, is shallow. There's limestone underneath. You don't really know where the rocks are until you plow it. So he's casting his seed. Where are the weeds? Well, uh, the, 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 the soil... A lot of the soil back then, full of weed seed. You don't know exactly where it is. You don't exactly know where it's going to pop up. So you're, you're tossing your seed. You're, you're, you're planting that way. And the, the plow comes along later, and maybe they're going to realize, oh, there's the rocks. Just the way they did it. The farming uh, produces or doesn't produce. Of course, uh, the, the scene is the birds come up, uh, the hard ground. The birds come up and snatch it away free lunch, uh, falling on the rocky soil, right? It, it goes quickly. It, it germinates, it comes up, but, but then it has no root. When the sun comes up, man, it just it burns away. Some of the seed that does fall among where there's a lot of weed seed, the weeds grow up, the thorns come up, and they, it, it takes away the fruitfulness of the, the seed. 
Another seed falls on, man, the good ground. Uh, probably what it meant by 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold was this idea that one seed would produce 30 seeds. A good harvest back then was one seed would produce 10 seeds. And so what Jesus is saying, there's three incidents here of, of failed harvest and three incidents of harvest going well. In one place, 30 seeds produced from one. In one place, 60 seeds. In one place, 100 seeds produced. Wow, bountiful harvest. So the farmer is, is maybe, it's not like three-fourths of the seed was wasted. You know, sometimes we, we, we think when we read that, man, it wasted a lot. No, there may be a little bit fell on the, on the path, and maybe some fell on the rocks, but man, the harvest is bountiful if the seed is received in the good soil. What do you think Jesus is talking about here? A parable, it's, he doesn't really care about the farming so much. He's using the farming illustration to talk about something else. What is his point? You know, the disciples wanted to know what his point was too. Sometimes we read these parables and sometimes we're like, oh, I, I don't really understand. And the disciples, they were the same way. They wanted to know what he was talking about as well. Look at verse 10. And when he was alone... So after they left the sea, uh, got out of the boat, uh, uh, got together with the disciples, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. Uh, probably asked him, what was, what was the teaching here? What, what was taught? What, why do you use parables? Why don't you just say it straight? Sometimes maybe in your Bible reading, maybe you come across some scripture and like, what does this even mean? The disciples, they heard Jesus teaching and they've traveled with him for a while now. And they're probably wondering, what, why are you doing this? Why are you teaching in parables? Well, he says, verse, verse 11, he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. The mystery. The secret. Something that's revealed. Something that's brought forth. To you has been given the secret. But to those on the outside... To those on the outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and they may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Doesn't that sound rather harsh? Doesn't that sound pretty challenging? It makes me want to cry. <laughs> It sounds like to the insiders, truth has been given. In a sense, that's what's happened. Remember Simon and Andrew? Remember James and John? Remember Levi as Jesus came along and he preached and he called them and they responded? How they responded, they came and they walked with him. To the insiders, they, there must have been some revelation given, some understanding. These men heard heard. Jesus preach. They heard Jesus preach and they, they, they heard him teach. And for some reason, these people are responding where the most of the crowds are not responding. In the context of this, this teaching, remember what happened right before this. Jesus' very family rejected him. His mother and his brothers and his sisters came and they said, He's out of his mind. They came to see him. 
Imagine how that felt to Jesus to be rejected by his own family. Remember how the Pharisees, when they saw him heal the guy on the Sabbath, how they ran out and they plotted with the Herodians to try to kill him. Imagine how it felt to Jesus to be rejected and hated. Remember the scribes, when they said, Jesus, we know why he's able to cast out demons, because he's possessed by the prince of demons. Oh, can you imagine how it felt to Jesus? He's being rejected all over the place. But there's some. There's some, the 12 and the disciples that are, he, he's with, they've responded. To you, God has given revelation. Uh, the Greek word mystery, uh, in the ESV translated secret, it's not like this esoteric deep thing that, that's just mystical. A, a, a mystery in the Bible is something that only God could reveal. It's hidden until God reveals it. To these people who are following Jesus, who've said yes to Jesus, who've heard his preaching, they've come to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. They've come to understand that he's son of God. They've come to understand that he's walking here on earth on God's behalf. And they responded. But there's a whole other group of people who have rejected him, who have spurned him, who have ignored him who don't want any part of him. And so he's saying, why do I teach in parables? Why do I teach in parables? It's not. See, a parable, it, it, it's a prophetic word to reveal things, to open up things to those who are hearing, to those who are trying to listen, to those who are seeking God. A parable brings forth truth. It brings forth light. It shows the Word of God to people who are not hard-hearted. This quote from Isaiah, uh, that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, unless they should turn and be forgiven, comes from Isaiah 5 and 6. In Isaiah 5, God is, Isaiah the prophet is preaching to Israel, man, God sets you up to, to, for success. God sets you up to walk in His covenant, to be blessed by His Word. God sets you up to be His people. God set you up like a vineyard. He put all the soil together just right. He, he made it just perfect so it produced grapes. But you were so hard-hearted. You were so rebellious. You were so against God that you couldn't produce anything. And so Isaiah 6, remember that great call of Isaiah when, when he saw the Lord in the temple. And then the last half of Isaiah 6, God says to Isaiah, Isaiah says, send me, I'll go preach. And God says, yeah, you go preach to them, but they're not going to hear a word you say. It's like their, their ears are going to be stuffed up and they're, they're going to be blinded because judgment is already decreed on the hard-hearted. And so there's this, this interesting dy dynamic here, this, this, this thing, why are you preaching, Jesus? Is it so that they'll be judged? Why are you preaching in parables? So that they will not be forgiven? Uh, parables were given by Jesus as a, as a shock. Parables were given by Jesus to raise up the, the amplitude of truth. Either you're hearing or you're not. Those who are ready to hear, those who are open-hearted, those who are wanting God in their life, they will hear. But those who are hard-hearted, those who have already rejected Him, those who have no interest in truth, the parables do come in judgment. They confirm. They seal hardness of heart. Or they confirm or they seal openness of heart. 
Uh, if you look down in verse 21, Jesus has more to say about this. Verse 21, and he said to them, so they're asking about, why do you preach in parables? Why do you talk in parables? Why, why, why these parables? And Jesus says, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? See, they had these oil lamps back then, just real clay oil lamps. And you'd put a, a basket over it, a bucket over it to, to, to put the light out. He said, you don't light a lamp to, to put it out. You don't light a lamp to hide it. And, and so he's saying, truth comes to be revealed. I, I, I brought light so you'd hear the word. I brought truth so you hear the word. And, and he says, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus comes in kind of a veiled form. He's the Messiah, but he's, he's telling the demons, shh, don't tell anybody. He, people think you know, that he doesn't want the word to get out in the wrong way, a misunderstanding of who he is. Yes, I will be revealed. One day I will come back. One day the kingdom will come. All the Jewish people, they're expecting when they hear the, the repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, they're thinking that God's reign is going to come immediately. The, the messianic kingdom is going to come right now. And, and there's a different plan that God has. And he's saying, yeah, it's going to come about. The reign of God's going to come around. My kingdom's going to come about. It's going to be revealed. You might have to wait a while, but are you listening to truth? He says in verse 23, If anyone has ears, let him hear. To hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you used, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more, has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now this is a great spiritual principle. This is something you need to hear. When truth is given by God... And if you spurn it, if you reject it, if you don't allow truth, God's word, to come into your life, what you have will be taken away from you. You're not going to be given more, first off. And the truth that you've received, if you become hard-hearted, if you become rebellious, if you become someone who doesn't want to listen anymore, God's going to say, okay, I'm not going to force it upon you. I'm not going to make you listen. It'll be withdrawn from you. But if you're somebody who receives the Word, who's hungry for the Word, who's open to the Word, who wants to obey, to hear is to obey, to hear is to heed, to hear is to follow. If you're somebody who hears truth and apply it, Jesus says, if you've responded to the revelation, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you more. If, if you respond to my Word and my teaching, if you obey as you should, more truth will come to you. More light will come to you. The parables to the people who are obedient, to the people who are wanting to serve God, who want to live for God, who want to follow His ways, who want to go after Jesus and do what Jesus wants to be done, more truth is given. It, really what it comes down to is more responsibility is given. As I pass, if I take in truth and I pass in truth, I'm open-handed. As I take in truth and I, I live it, God says, okay, there's a receptive heart. There's somebody who's listening. There's somebody who's hearing. I, I, that, that's good ground. And God gives me more truth to pass on to others. And as I pass on more truth, as I pass, God gives me more and more. And so there's this upward cycle of this bountiful harvest of truth received and truth sent. Jesus is saying, yeah, I, I preach in parables because... I'm going to seal people in the direction they're going. I'm going to confirm where their hearts are. 
parables do shut people down and they do judge or they do open eyes and they do bear fruit. What is the condition of your hearing today? Are you after God or not? Are you listening to God or not? Are you following God or not? Hard-hearted people do not understand the Word of God. They get confirmed in their hardness. So Jesus, in His parables, He he says it strongly and boldly about why He's doing what He's doing. And look at verse 13. He said to them, back to the original statement of why He taught in parables and why He said this particular parable. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? It's, It's almost like, Are you guys not listening? You're my closest my closest followers, you're the ones who come after me. Are you not listening either? Do you not understand? How can you understand any parable? And it's, it's a real challenge to those who have given everything away for Jesus to not get hard, to not be resistant to the Word of God, to obey, to follow God's commands. The sower sows the word. He's interpreting now. What was that parable about? We don't get it, Lord. Well, the sower sows the word. Jesus is talking about himself here. The gospel is cast out, falls on many places. The gospel spread like seed to that heart and that heart upon that person and upon that person. It's cast out. It's sown. What is the soil like? What is the receptivity that is found within that particular soul? These are the ones along the path where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the Word that is sown in them. So you can remember what we've covered so far in Mark about how many people rejected Jesus. Man, they saw miracles. They saw Him healing people. They saw Him loving people, saving their life. They they saw Him doing wonderful things again and again. And what did they say? Oh, that's Satan's work. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Rejecting the work of God. Hard-hearted people not seeing the truth for what it is or what it was. Uh, Satan comes along and and the word's laying there. They've heard the word preached. They've heard the word they read in their Bible study that morning. Uh, They've heard some some truth spoken. It's just laying there. It's not taken in. It's not internalized. It's not, there's no attempt to live it out. And Satan comes and snatches it away like the birds devouring seed on a path. Some people are like that. Some people are so hard-hearted, the Word can't penetrate their heart. And these, and, and others, are like the ones sown on the rocky ground. 
The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. The last few years, I've wondered about the state of the church. The last few years, I've wondered about what worries of life would do to the church. Uh, I wonder what would happen to people um, if things got hard and difficult and challenging. And I wonder where people are today. There's some who are are shallow-hearted, as it were. They they don't have much depth of soil. Now the parable, right, the, the analogy is farming and soil, but what's Jesus talking about? They, they, they hear in a shallow way. They, they hear in a, in a superficial way. There's true hearing, and then there's superficial hearing. There, there's, there's right hearing, and then there's hearing what you want to hear, and not hearing what Jesus is saying. Not listening to the Word of God. They take Jesus for what He can do for them. The crowds are, are saying, yeah, heal me, heal me. Give me what I want. Give me what I need. But I could care less about worshiping you. I could care less about glorifying you. Give me what I need. And, and as soon as, as, as Jesus is starting to pass out bread, they're saying, yeah, sign me up. Hey, I like that meal. Give me another meal. Take care of me. Feed me. But when distresses associated with following Jesus come about, when people out on the outside don't like Jesus and you're following Jesus and they persecute you, some people are going, oh, I I can't go with Jesus now. I I can't follow Him anymore. I'll be unpopular. I won't be accepted anymore. They've heard, but they haven't heard. They they immediately say, yeah, this is awesome. Man, God's here. but, But then when trouble or trial or tribulation comes... Hardships come, man, they desert Jesus like that. They're out of there, man. And what, what, what a tragedy that is when people desert Jesus when things get hard. It's an obvious sign that they were never genuine believers. There's no fruit. They were there for the show. They were there for the, the blessings. But when suffering came, they were gone. Jesus is saying to the crowd, man, I'm seeing people like this. I'm seeing hard-hearted people. I'm seeing people that are shallow and fickle. They, they, they go as soon as they're here, as soon as trouble comes. And what about you? Have you heard? Have you received the Word? Have you internalized it? Are you practicing true hearing? Another soil, and people are like, Others are the ones sown among the thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Cares of the world. <laughs> well, there's a lot of cares right now, aren't there? There's a lot of things to worry about. There's a lot of things to focus on. There's a lot of things to stress out about. <sighs> it could easily distract from following Jesus. It could easily pull us away 
from following Jesus. I remember a few years ago, there was this, there was this gal in, the, in this church, and it always stuck with me because it, so, it was so sad. I mean, she, she, she got this, this house. She bought this house with her husband, and, and she was part of the church. She was engaged in the church. She was, she was participating in the church, but after a while, it, it was clear that the house was more important than church. The house was more important than Jesus. I mean, every time I talked to her, after a while, it was less and less. It was like new countertops. The new doors came in. I can't be there. I can't participate anymore. I can't live that life anymore. I've got a house to take care of. I've got to make this house beautiful and wonderful and glorious. Her, her house became her God. She got distracted by the house. She got distracted by everything. And after a while, it was obvious that she wasn't with Jesus anymore. She, she wasn't listening she wasn't pursuing. She wasn't following. So, some, some people, Jesus said, man, the, the deceitfulness of wealth comes about. Serious distraction. Thinking that wealth is more secure than God in heaven. Thinking that wealth is more secure than God's love and grace holding you in your life. Some people just turn towards a love of money. Remember the rich young ruler? We'll, we'll get to it in Mark. Remember when Jesus says, hey, Come follow me. Give up your, your wealth. And the man had a lot of wealth. He had a lot of material things. Give that up and come follow me. And the guy went away sad because the wealth was on a higher level than Jesus, than the kingdom. The rule of God took a secondary place, a lower place than money and possessions. That guy wasn't listening. He wasn't hearing. He wasn't responding. He wasn't obeying. He wasn't pursuing God. The things of this world were more important than God Himself. Are you listening today? The loves of this world. Now, this, this, this could be a dangerous one for a preacher to talk about because maybe the preacher's insecurities will come out or the preacher's fears will come out or the pre preacher's frustrations will come out. Sunday sports! Ah. I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not going to go there. But Sunday sports. <laughs> right? The, the love of the world. And we love our kids. We love to see them participate. We love to see them go here and there and yawn and hither. And we love to see them do this and that and thrive and fly. Let those birds fly. But what about Jesus? What about the kingdom of God? What about the church? What about the community of God? What about priorities? What about life being so short and those kids need to be trained? What about life being so short and those kids need to start walking with Jesus before it's too late? Man, the loves of this world can pull us away from Jesus quickly. Have we taken the word in? Has he become our first love? Have we gone after Jesus like, like Peter and, and Andrew when they dropped their nets? When they said, you're my priority, and they, they meant it. Now, now we're weak, man. We don't know what the fears and foibles are going to come into our life. We don't know what kind of temptations are going to come. We don't know what kind of hurts are going to attempt to pull us away from Jesus. Remember when Jesus said to Peter, the one who had left everything for him, man, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, I'm not. I would never do that. Then the cock crowed, and <laughs> he wept. We don't know. We're not strong. We're not, we're not in control of all things. We don't know all that we are going to face, and maybe we will be tempted. But Jesus is saying, man, are you listening? 
Don't be a hard-hearted person against the Word of God. Don't, don't be shallow without any root. Don't let the concerns of the world pull you away from the kingdom of God. The rule of God has come, and I've come, Jesus says. One day, right now, maybe hidden and veiled, but one day I'm going to come back. The messianic kingdom that you're expecting, it's going to come. The reign of God is going to be sight. Have you bought into it? Have you listened? Have you really engaged? Are you walking with me or not? All kinds of metaphors. All kinds of ways of thinking. Jesus uses all these things. Remember when he said, are you building your house on the rock or on the sand? Same message. Have you been hearing me? Have you trusted in me or not? The obvious lesson But those, verse 20, that are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. How will your life bear fruit if you don't abide in the word of God? How will your life produce an eternal harvest if you're not walking in God's ways, if you're not obeying His commandments, if you're not living according to His principles and precepts. The, the end times vision is that there's going to be a harvest. The terminology that you'll see in some of the other parables, um, Jesus is going to come back and there's going to be a harvest and what will your life produce when the harvester comes? It counts all the, the grains of the grain or, or the kernels. Some people, their life is going to result in a bountiful harvest at the end. In other words, the, the life that I live with God, somehow by living with Him and obeying Him and walking in, in His ways, the, the consequences, the outcomes of that, God's going to use my obedience and He's going to let, let my life influence that life and that life and that life and that life. And at the end, there's going to be a bountiful harvest when the kingdom comes. A great fruitful harvest for those who have given themselves to Christ and have followed Him obediently, who have trusted Him with all that they are, who hear the Word, welcome it, and live it out. Jesus is teaching us to be hearers of the Word, to be doers of the Word, to be obedient to the Word. How's your hearing today? Grab a hold of Jesus Christ. Trust in Jesus Christ fully. Follow Jesus in all ways. Take His teaching seriously. Don't, don't listen to the Word and let it bounce off. Don't listen to the Word and just to see it as a reflection that goes away. Don't listen to the Word and just, just treat it as unimportant. When you hear the Word of God, when, when, when you open your Bible and you read the Word of God, it's words of life. It, it's words of transformation. It's words of hope. Listen to the Word and let it change you from the inside out. That's the kind of people Jesus is preaching. He, he wants them to come. He wants them to be the good soil that bears fruit. He wants them to be kingdom-minded people 
kingdom fruit people. Will that be you? Please let it be you. There's other parables here. Uh, I've got time, so let me read a little bit more. And he said, The kingdom of God is as a man should scatter the seed, verse 26. The kingdom of God is, is as a man should scatter seed in the ground. He sleeps and he rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it to the sickle because the harvest has come. It's like we, we, we cast the word. Jesus cast the word, and, and we cast the word as Luke shared the, the gospel with his friend. The, the word goes out, and then there's this thing that happens in hearts. God's in control of it. Night and day, the guy sleeps. The, the sower, he sleeps. He doesn't know what's happening, but God brings a harvest. He's saying the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God, when it's taken in, it changes things. It, it moves in ways that you can't understand. God's grace is at work, transforming people. But is the Word planted? Is the Word received? Is the Word taken in? When it is, amazing things happen. When you hear the word and you take it into your life and you let that grace start to roll in you and God's transformative power by the Holy Spirit working in you come bring it to life, it can be a bountiful harvest. In verse 30, and he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? The parable sets one thing next to the other. Jesus is always teaching about the kingdom of God. The kingdom is like this. What can we compare the kingdom of God? Well, it's like this. Verse 31, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all seeds in the earth. Now, the, the smallest of all seeds that the people were aware of in, in Palestine and Israel. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, puts out the large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. The kingdom of God, it, it's like seed that, that's taken into soil. And it seems so small for a season. It seems so small. You obey a command. You, you, you hear God's word and you put it into your life. You obey a command. You listen to it. You let it thrive in you. And, and over time, it seems small. It's like, what's the impact? But over time, it, it grows and it grows and it grows. To the end, it's like this, this small seed that they're aware of. It becomes this great bush that even the birds nest in. Once you let the Word of God in your life, once you let the truth of God come in and start working and churning and, and growing and transforming, once you let it, let, let it live in you, are you hearing the Word? Opening your ears and opening your heart and say, yes, truth, I'm going to follow, I'm going to obey, I'm going to go. Amazing things happen. In verse 33, with many such parables, He spoke the Word to them as they were able to hear it. As they were able to hear it, were their hearts open or were they closed? Were they seeking God or were they blowing God off? He spoke to them as they were able to hear it. As they were able to hear the truth, the truth came in and transformed. The same thing will happen in your life as you're able to hear it, as you open your life to God, hear His Word, it'll come in and God's grace will change and life will come. Are you a hearer, or are you hard-hearted? He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. <laughs> when you're on the inside, Jesus makes a lot of sense. Are you one who has decided to follow Jesus, 
We're still on the outside, far away. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Turn to Him. Follow Him. See where He takes you. Please stand. I'll stop there. (laughs) Father, it's been good to come and worship You today. Thank you for meeting us. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for receiving our offering. Thank you for hearing our songs. Thank you for letting us sing to you and, and worship you in song. And we uh, thank you for giving us your word. And, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would open our hearts and open our minds and open our lives to respond to what's been preached today. Lord God, if we are people that have uh, not been taking you seriously, if we've been pushing you off or or not listening to you, Jesus, uh, help us to repent of that. Help us to change. Help us to be people that are pursuing the Word and hearing the Word and living by the Word. We ask for your grace there to become men and women of God, men and women of the Word. Lord God, we we give you our lives, and we we ask that the things that we've received, the things that we've taken in, the things that you've blessed us with, that we could pass them on to others. We pray that the gospel that you've given us, that we've received, that we've understood, that we could take it now and and spread it around and, and pass it to others, that they would hear the word as well and be saved. We trust you with our lives. We give you this this week, Lord. We surrender to you and say, lead on, O King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.